When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to The Therapy Podcast with your host, Shloimi Balsam. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Therapy Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about therapy in a more general... Well, first of all, that's very exciting, right? Like, we're talking about therapy. Oh, my gosh. You signed into The Therapy Podcast to hear about therapy. Yay. So, so this, is, this is about as therapeutic as, as we're going to get. Rogarian therapy is the, it's, it's so fundamental that when you think therapist, you think mentor, you think helping someone mentally, uh, emotionally, this is basically, Carl Rogers defined therapy as we know it. We spoke about Freud who defined like psychoanalytical therapy and like the deeper Workings and the makings of psycho of psychological therapy, understanding dreams and the hidden meanings behind our subconscious. But Carl Rogers piped up, you know, in the in the forties, and he started lecturing about reinventing therapy. And I think what's fascinating about the entire counseling field is that you could look at the forefathers and the creators of this therapy on YouTube, like. Victor Frankl has lectures on YouTube. Okay, they're like black and white, all crackly and like old-fashioned style, but they're there. Carl Ransom Rogers, born January 8th, 1902. He created client-centered psychology, otherwise known as person-centered therapy. Interestingly, he grew up in a very religious home, a very strict home, a very loving home. He wasn't... It wasn't a very fun place to be, and he didn't have much of a social life as a child. He read a ton, and he was very imaginative, so he was a big thinker. His therapy is based on six attributes. There are six main uh, core ideas of Rogarian therapy. There's the psychological contact, number one, psychological contact of the therapist and the client. They come together as one. It is highly reliant upon the relationship that these two people are going to have. He believed that the greatest healing will come from, will be born from the relationship that the client has with his counselor. Other theories uh, 
in other methods, other models, will rely more on diagnoses and um, different, you know, understanding of what's going on in the person's mind. It's a relationship between the person and their issues. While person-centered therapy is looking and studying the person and the counselor. And that's going to be the healing process. We're not dealing with some monster. We're dealing with you and me. Let's figure this out together. First of all, I like you. Uh, l- l- let's go through the other six. Uh, the other five of the six factors that Carl Rogers instituted into his model. Uh, number, number one is the contact, the psychological contact between the therapist and the client. Number two is the vulnerability of the client. The client has to be willing to go through the process with this counselor. Again, this, this is going to be a relationship-based therapy and an unwilling party is not in a relationship. It has to be two-pronged. Number three is the genuineness of the therapist. At the vantage point of the person giving the aid, he has to be genuinely interested, involved, and invested into this relationship. It can't be a doctor-patient sort of relationship. That's not going to work. He has to be there to help and he has to really care. Number four, unconditional positive regard of the therapist for the client. No matter what this guy says, the client, the therapist has to ap- appreciate him and he has to have a positive perspective of this guy's situation. Even if it's totally unrelatable, this guy's trying to decide whether to uh, join the circus as an elephant trainer or to go s- snorkeling in the Antarctics, okay, whatever. The point is, if it's something that's totally unrelated, unrelatable to you and you have no reference, the therapist, that <laughs> Carl Rogers gave some fascinating example that he had, like a guy who was trying to decide whether to go out to war, and he like had no relation to that decision and to, to the position that, that his client was at. But you don't have to necessarily be there, but you have to have a positive regard for his situation, his feelings, and what he's dealing with. You can't think, oh, you're trying to decide how to, to stop murdering people, so... Okay, that's, that's pretty negative, but I have to be able to see you... Oh, look, you want to take a positive path. You are looking to go on onto something greater than your murderous past. Okay, uh, that's very, very extreme example. Probably call the cops if you have that. Okay, number five, therapist empathy. At first, Carl Rogers introduced empathy, and it was diminished by the masses into sort of a reflective, just repeat the last three words that the client said and see the effectiveness of that. He, he was one of the first pioneers of studying recordings of therapy sessions. And I'm actually very excited to get to to uh, study my, my therapy sessions and to be able to hear how what you did and what the thing, which things that you said had the greatest impact. And he found that just the empathy, 
that crazy case that he had where he wasn't able to relate to the guy at all, turns out that just sitting with the guy for half an hour and really putting himself into the conversation and understanding as much as he could where this person was coming from, turns out 20 years later he met the guy and that conversation had a huge impact on him. Number six is the client's perception. How the client sees himself, how the client wants to see himself. And what person-centered psychology and therapy is going to do is we're going to try to bridge those two. The person that you genuinely feel that you are and want to be. You think you're a bodybuilder and uh, you want to help people with their health and you find yourself answering phones and crunching numbers, that's going to cause you tremendous stress and anxiety. You are not your genuine self. And what the sixth step of this therapy can do is it can help the client change their perspective from who they think they are to who they really want to be and see if they could shift that over together. I like person-centered therapy besides for the incredible, it's hard to believe today that it was innovative, but he introduced the idea that every person is living in their own world. And today we take that for granted. You've seen enough, enough Pixar movies, but the, the you, you look at at the person sitting across from you, he is not in your world. Rogers described it as each person living in a tornado and only one person can fit in the eye of that tornado. And the relationship between the client and the counselor can actually, the goal is to allow the counselor in there and to redefine that tornado and to be able to see it from their eye. It's a very positive type of a therapy. Freud's was all about death, gloom, and and, and lust, while person-centered therapy believes that at the core, humans are trustworthy and positive. We're capable of making changes and living productive, effective lives. And like we said, we are gravitating. We We naturally yearn for our what, what's called self-actualization to be able to live the life that we are I want to be me I want to be me, the, the real me I don't want social pressures to make me conform to, to wear clothing that I don't want to wear and to take on a job that I, that I don't want to work at etc, etc given the right growth fostering conditions the belief is that individuals will strive to move forward and fulfill their creative nature. So our job is to give, to find that growth fostering condition and and offer it to ourselves, to our clients. The the approach of person-centered therapy and the philosophy is that the counselor does not necessarily know best. In fact, out of the two people sitting in this room right now, the person who knows the client better is the client. The client knows the client best. What's our job? 
They could give advice, suggestion, persuasion, teaching, diagnosis, and interpretation. That's not really what we're here for. The client needs help resolving their own problems. And the counselor will focus on his problems. Together they focus on growth. And we try to make create a growth-promoting climate in this session. The therapist is going to open up more in this type of therapy than in others and talk about himself and use himself as a role model. The client himself is going to be doing the growth. He will be directing himself through this relationship. The therapist needs to be congruent. He has to be real. And we've mentioned this before, that the client will know, know right away if there's an untruth in the room. One untruth will damage the relationship forever. Talk to any couple that's had a lie in their relationship, it's damaged forever. Unconditional positive regard. The client has to accept him 100%. And he has to understand him empathically. To deeply grasp their world, their tornado. The therapist dives into the relationship. His focus is on the relationship, not trying to label. Not trying to diagnose. Creating a nice atmosphere. He has to be genuine, authentic. There are limits and uh, downsides to this type of therapy. If a client is looking for a structured approach, he wants... You know, a magical, doesn't have to be quick, but I, I want to have that therapy feeling of you get me and you're going to lead me down this path of, of re-understanding myself. They might not be impressed with person-centered person therapy. It's, it's very much focused on him and the pressure somewhat. The, the therapy comes from him. There's also no specific technique, so standardizing can be difficult and setting up a process. We're going to do step one, two, three, four doesn't fit so well in this model. But people have been doing, practicing this model for a long time now. A number of decades. Studies actually show that the relationship can be far more therapeutic, more effective, more healing than the old school conventional therapy therapy. The relationship heals. The relationship heals. It's a very non-directive therapy. The client does it himself. I think perhaps one of the reasons why it works so well is because we've said it before and we all know it that you can't change anyone. Humans are not changeable, moldable objects. If you tell a parent 
best advice you could give a parent is that your kid is not clay for you to mold. He's a plant for you to grow. And plants grow by themselves. You just have to give them the right environment and feed them the right nutrients. You can't mold somebody. The tremendous advantage of person-centered therapy is that the molder, the sculptor in this session, in this model is going to be the client himself. He's going to choose where to take the next step, what direction he wants to go. And essentially, he's going to figure out how to get there. It's like getting that best friend who's going to be in your corner, who happens to know, you know, has has some good ideas, maybe along the way. And together, they uh, they explore towards greater self uh, self improvement. As the the theories develop. It turned more into a clarification of feelings. Trying to focus on the on, on how the client's lived experiences took place. You, you want that to understand the client. You understand where he's coming from. As, as much as this therapy focuses on the present, on who this person is and who he wants to be, we need to look at what brought him here. Where where did that fork in the road take place? Where did that split take off? Right? Like, there's there's the bodybuilder on the right, and then there's the guy crunching numbers standing in front of me here on the left. At what point, what, what are those causes that made them split? And see if we could avoid them in the future and try to uproot them from the past that's not incredibly important, but that will, that will, as far as practical steps moving forward, but that will help significantly with the anxieties, with the incongruities that, this, that the client is feeling in himself. That I'm not myself. He says, well, why aren't you yourself? At what point in your life did you take the step off of your path? Why? And why should you be okay with that now? The best answer to that question, the best answer to the question of why should I be okay with my prior mistakes is, is that it's because I'm doing the right thing right now. It's okay to have done mistakes. And you can live with them as long as you know that right now I'm not. What I'm doing now is not a mistake. I'm not living by that mistake anymore. Past mistakes are good. But if those past mistakes are not just in the past, you're living with them, then that's something that you need to deal with together. Part of person, person-centered person therapy is emotion-focused therapy. This is something that uh, Leslie Greenberg, she developed uh, integrative approaches. She said that EFT, right, emotion, emotion-focused therapy, it's designed to help clients increase their awareness of their emotions and make productive use of them. Someone would show up for EFT, Emotional Focused Therapy, if they need help either feeling their emotions, accessing, you know, they need to, they just need to, ac- to access their emotions, 
or number two, a client who is experiencing too much emotion and they need help containing them. The main goal is just to help the individuals access and process their emotions in a constructive way. It has a lot to offer uh, with respect to teaching us about the role of emotion in personal change and how emotional change can be a primary pathway to cognitive and behavioral change. In the 1960s and 70s, there was a growing interest amongst counselors in a third force in therapy. It's like an alternative and psychoanalytical and behavioral approaches. Existential therapy, person-central therapy, and gestalt therapy, all, and, and certain other experimental and relationship-oriented approaches, fell under this heading. The connection between the terms existential and humanism have tended to be confusing for uh, students and theorists alike. The two viewpoints have much in common, and they're philosophically different. Existential and person-centered approaches, they have parallel concepts with regard to the client-therapist relationship being at the core of the therapy. The existentialism is saying that you are in control and nothing else controls you. And that is a fundamental to person-centered therapy. Uh, It's based on, existentialism is based on a, a philosophical idea that you create who you are. You aren't someone You weren't created as a being. As you live, you create your being. You are what you do. Uh, And that that is something that is empowering. You're looking at your client and saying, yes, maybe you... uh, It it differentiates a little bit because uh, person-centered therapy is saying that there's someone who you should be and you're not that. But the idea that you are the one that can create who you are from here on that very much coincides with person-centered therapy. With uh, I think Rogers would agree with that. In any event, that was a little bit on PCT, person-centered therapy. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any comments, questions, ideas, uh, feel free to shoot me an email at askmetherapy at gmail.com. And thank you very much for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.